This is The Short List, a roundup of today's most captivating stories you'll want to share with your friends, compiled by USA Today editors. Hello, I'm Robin Smith. And now for today's headlines. Hashtag women's soccer goals equal pay. Women should be paid as much as men, the soccer edition. Washington, D.C. is abuzz with talk of how to stop a nuclear nightmare. Need some unconditional love? Maybe you should get a new sofa. Now for our first story today. Oh, it just got real. Five of the best known women of the U.S. women's national soccer team filed a complaint Wednesday with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. The issue? Wage discrimination. Here's the details. Carly Lloyd, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, Becky Sauerbrunn and Hope Solo contend that they and their teammates were paid nearly four times less than their men's national team counterparts. Let's take a look at the bonus pay. That'll highlight the differences. Male players receive as much as $17,625 for a victory against highly ranked opponents. Female players? they receive $1,350. Men receive $5,000 for a loss in a friendly. Women, they receive no bonuses for losses or ties. Here's the thing. The women's team is way more successful than the men's. Nate Scott discusses the issue with Lakin Littman in this USA Today for the win clip. Take a listen. First off, um, I think, you know, I just, we should get out of the way that the women should be paid more. That's like done deal, um, at least with their friendlies in the United States over the last year and that post-World Cup run. They're better attended. They're bringing in more revenue right now than the men's are, that the men are, and they should be paid better. Well, I saw... um one of the figures that came out today was that last year the women generated $20 million in revenue, more than the men, Yep. plus a World Cup, their this third is, World Cup. Men have no, no World Cup. Exactly. Third World Cup victory. Yeah. This is d- domestically bringing yes. in fr- friendly matches, yes. Um, yet they are paid four times less than the men. They're paid four times less. Um, and what's f- frustrating about all this... Um, is that, you know, U.S. soccer basically will argue that the Men's World Cup brings in more revenue and thus uh, the men deserve, they wouldn't say the word deserve, but that's more or less what they're implying, that they deserve more because the Men's World Cup brings in more revenue. What's so frustrating is the reason the Men's World Cup brings in so much more money is that FIFA has proven totally inadequate at marketing the women's game and sells advertising for it at much less the rate than they should, Mm -hmm. mostly because the guys who run FIFA are, sorry, sexist pigs who don't care about the women's game, and they basically say, oh, this is a fun little tournament in the summer, and if we make a little money, whatever, instead of viewing it as a major business opportunity, which they should. And they had they broke all these records um, for uh, TV viewership last year, which mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how much money that brought in, but it was, I mean, that was the, for any men's or women's. And that was the best deal in, in marketing history, by the way, the people who advertised yeah. with the Women's World Cup, because the FIFA was selling it at a discount rate because they think women don't matter, and all of a sudden the people are getting better ratings than the Men's World Cup, and... 
let me tell you, I'm sure the people who run Budweiser were delighted um, <laughs> by that. And then you also had their victory tour, which they had X amount of games. And they're probably going to have another victory tour after they win the Olympics this summer. Exactly. So that's, you know, 2017. Which, again, the men More didn't. More revenue. The men didn't even qualify for the Olympics. Yep. They almost didn't qualify for the World Cup. Um, and that's and that's it. You know, if, if you want to talk about performance, there's no argument. The women's national team has outperformed the men's national team by leaps and bounds. Right. Um the money stuff is where it gets complicated, and what, I, I, what I'm hoping people understand about the lawsuit today is that, um, and this is going to get boring, and I'm sorry, but like it, it helps to understand it, uh, the U.S. Women's National Team are salaried employees of U.S. soccer. They uh, have a collective bargaining agreement, which uh, technically they sign an extension, it runs through December. Julie Foudy had two great tweets that really explained this very well. Um, um, by filing an Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, uh, here's a quote from her, it's always been hard to figure out the revenue side of U.S. Soccer Federation. This lawsuit opens books and equally important, there's no legal fee to do so. She goes on, plus this could be a tactical move. Same legal team with the EEOC filing as, the rep- as representing the team in the lawsuit could put some pressure on U.S. Soccer Federation in lawsuit. Basically, what that's saying is we've got a new collective bargaining agreement coming up between U.S. women and U.S. soccer. Um, The U.S. women hired some people who did not do a very good job last time, let's be honest. They did not do a good job. They signed an agreement that got them 25% of the pay as the men, even though they're bringing in more revenue. What this lawsuit does, I think, is it's first off kind of a Hail Mary to see if a judge will possibly throw out the current collective bargaining agreement and allow them to go to the negotiating table sooner. And it's partially a way to set the table for uh, the CBA negotiations that happen in January. They're hoping to get the books open, get the money out there so that both these sides are on the same playing field. Because right now, U.S. soccer just says, the women don't make as much money when it comes to World Cups. You're going to have to trust us because... We're, we're not releasing the data publicly. And, and that's partially because FIFA's incompetent and partially because U.S. soccer doesn't want to release the money because they're a business. Next up, the leaders from 50 countries are in Washington for the fourth nuclear security summit, part of President Obama's call for a worldwide effort to secure nuclear materials from terrorists. Recall these talks helped President Obama win the Nobel Peace Prize in 2009. There's a lot on the table and the recent attacks in Brussels have put the spotlight on efforts by extremists to develop the nukes. Hear more details in this USA Today clip. The annual Nuclear Security Summit gets underway Thursday in Washington. President Obama is hosting a series of meetings with the leaders of several Asian nations to talk about efforts to prevent North Korea from becoming a bigger nuclear threat. The summit is aimed at reducing the world's nuclear weapons. Vladimir Putin abstained from the summit, saying he doesn't want to be part of any talks led by the United States. Obama said their two countries remain committed to completing an agreement to continue lowering their Cold War-era nuclear arsenals. The U.S. and Russian missiles make up about 90% of the world's nuclear weapons. And for our last story today. You know, you may be stressed 
or you may be lonely or maybe you like affection without commitment well south korean designer lee ung kyung has an answer for you the free hug sofa kyung spent two years creating a furry sofa with soft flexible detachable arms when the sofa stretched out it looks like a person with extra large arms i know it sounds bizarre but it's kind of awesome you should check it out at usatoday.com because the sofa gives the feeling of being alive it will hold you warm and soft like your mother friend and a lover without feeling lonely kyung told the a design award committee i need to know when i can get my test snuggle on seriously I'm a little afraid the productivity may plummet if I bring that hug sofa into the house. Well, that's it for the short list. Tomorrow morning, be sure to listen to USA Today's five things, giving you the top stories you need before you start your workday. The short list and five things are part of the USA Today podcast network. You can stream or download our podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. I'm Robin Smith. Thanks for listening.